John chapter 9, verses 1 through 12. Amen. And, and as Jesus passed by, he saw a man which was blind from his birth. And his disciples asked him, saying, Master, who did sin, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? And Jesus answered, Neither have this man sinned nor his parents, but that the works of God should be made manifest in him. I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night cometh when no man can work. As long as I am in the world, excuse me, I am the light of the world. And when he had thus spoken, he spat on the ground and made clay of the spittle and anointed the eyes of the blind man with clay and said unto him, go wash in the pool of Siloam, which is by interpretation sent. And he went his way, therefore, therefore, and washed and came seeing. The neighbors, therefore, they which before had seen him that was blind said, Is not this he that sat and begged? Some said, This is he. Others said, He is like him. But he said, I am he. Therefore said they unto him, How were thine eyes open? And he answered and said, A man that is called Jesus, made clay and anointed my eyes and said unto me, go to the pool of Siloam and wash. And I went and washed and I received sight. Then said they unto him, where is he? And he said, I know not. I know not. I know not. Father, in the name of Jesus, Father God, speak to us, Father God, through the spittle, through the clay, through the pool of Siloam, through the man that was born blind that received his sight. Father God, teach us. Teach us today, Father God, the importance of having a personal relationship with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, Father God, for the days are difficult, Father God, and we need to know without a shadow of a doubt where we stand with our faith, Father God. Father God, thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We've been we've been working through all these encounters, all these moments with the Master, all these moments with Jesus. We talked about the leper and his faith in the Bible, and the leper said, that "If thou couldst." Thou can make me whole. We talk about the thief on the cross. We talk about the woman with the issue of blood. And her famous saying, if I could just touch the hem of his garment, I shall be made whole. We talk about Jairus. When the people told Jairus, they said, Jairus, your daughter's dead. Leave the master alone. Jesus told Jairus, don't listen to them. Let's keep on going to the house. Nicodemus. Talk about Nicodemus. Last week we talked about Zacchaeus. This week we talked about this man born blind and his confession. And his confession, 
His confession, and I'm going to concentrate on his confession. His confession should be our confession. And our, oh, our confession should be his confession. And, 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 and there's ten, ten eyes in this text, and every one of them speaks of this man's strong faith. And it didn't start all strong, okay? It didn't start all strong. Verse number nine, we see him, we see this blind man. In verse nine, nine, that's where I'm going to start at. He says, Hold on. Let me start off at eight, and I'm gonna push it through nine. He, he's 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 been saved. He's been excuse me. He's been born blind, and now he's being questioned. Okay, verse nine, verse eight says the neighbors therefore, and they which before seen him that was blind. Okay, we're not gonna we're not gonna. Spent a lot of time on that. He was born blind. How do I know that? Because Jesus said he was born blind. Okay. In verse number eight, he said, and and is this not him? Is this not he that sat and begged? And some said, this is he. Looks like him. Okay. Others said, "He he is like him. But he said, I am him. What's going on here in verse number nine? What's going on? What's actually going on here in verse number nine? Why is there doubt? Why is there doubt? Why is why are the people that known this man all his life divided? He came back from the pool and now he could see. Okay. Listen. Sometimes when God delivers us. The change can be so radical. It can be so life changing that people may not recognize you. Let me say that. Sometimes you might not be recognized. It could be that dramatic. You, we've known people that, that have been delivered from, from, from different things and they just don't even look like the same person. They don't talk like the same person. They don't even act like the same person. That's sometimes what God's work will do. But there's another reason why there, there may have been a little bit of division here. Remember, anybody in this day who acknowledged Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior would have been put out of the synagogue. So, so there was some hesitancy. And, 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 and we should know this as believers when we can say some people, some people may not want to have a lot to do with you anymore. Amen. That happens more often than not, okay? So to acknowledge the miraculous healing of, of Jesus was to acknowledge that Jesus was Lord. And again, the Pharisees was right on the scene. So the Pharisees is watching all these people. So if you were to say, this is him, you had an opportunity, you had a chance, and we'll find out later when, they, when their parents come into play that you may have been put out of the synagogue too, Okay? Okay, but to acknowledge the miracle that Jesus did, to acknowledge the miracle that Jesus did would mean you would accept in Jesus as Lord yourself. That's a blessing, too. Why do I say that? Because when we acknowledge Jesus Christ as Lord, we acknowledge him as Savior and Lord. And then we acknowledge the fact that he is the author of what? Eternal life. I was just sitting here talking this morning. For God so loved the world, what? That he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believeth in him or believeth in the miracles that he did 
should not perish but have eternal life. So there's a lot going on here. So this man says, I am. Okay? I am he. They were questioning, who is, is it him? He says, he ended the whole conversation, I am he. I am he. Listen, this man is being changed. And when you get saved, when God saves us, God starts working on our spirit. He starts working on our soul and he starts changing us. He's doing, we, we ought to, as Christians, we ought to be more courageous, more bold. And I like to use the word radical and I don't want to use it in a, in a negative way, but it is radical to be a Christian. Okay. Man, and, 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 and I was talking this morning, she was like, she was nitpicking around in my sermon. And I said, Ann, slow down, slow down, okay? This man was changed. He, he was changed, okay? Peter, Peter in Acts 2.38, watch this, okay? This man went and washed in the pool of Siloam, all right? Now, it was no ordinary washing because he came back. And he could see. Okay. Peter writing in the day of Pentecost. Peter writes. Acts 2.38. He says. And, 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 the, and the people wanted to know. How, how could they be saved? And Peter said unto them. Watch this now. Repent. Alright. Your first step in salvation. Repent. Peter says repent. Turn. Okay. Turn. Ask, ask God to give you the power to turn. Ask God to give you the power to repent. And then he says, and, 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 and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. That's interesting. What kind of baptism is he talking about? Is he talking about water baptism? Or is he talking about being baptized in the Holy Ghost? Is he talking about being baptized in a way where you are able not only to repent, but you're able to live a life of holiness now? He says, be baptized everyone in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. We all, all of us know you're not receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost when you go into the water. Amen. Okay? You're not receiving it. If you don't have it when you're going in, you're not having it when you're coming out. So this, this is a, a different kind of baptism. Okay? He's, this baptism being washed. Peter said, be washed. This man was washed. And he came back seeing. And he came back. He came back looking for something. And I think when we get saved, God's going to ask us to do some stuff. When God, when we have an encounter with God, we have an encounter with God. He's going to ask us to do something. God, everybody that we talked to, everybody that we dealt with so far in this series, God has asked them to do something, something. And it's not always comfortable. OK, now, what does this mean? What did God ask this man to do? Verse number 11. Look, he answered, said a man called Jesus. Made clay. Let me go back to verse 10. Amen. Let me go back to verse 10. Because they asked him, what? Well, how were your eyes open? They said, therefore said unto him, how were thine eyes open? That was a question. That was a the question they asked this man. Now did he see? Okay. He answered and said, a man that is called Jesus made clay. Now this is happening on the Sabbath day, y'all. Let's not forget 
Okay? So this, this man could have easily said, what's the Sabbath day? I'm not supposed to do any work. Okay? What did, what did Matthew 12, 8 says? He is Lord. Jesus is Lord of the Sabbath. Jesus didn't care about that. He was the Sabbath. All right? So this man answered and said, a man that is called Jesus made clay and anointed my eyes and said unto me, go to the pool of Shalom and wash. Now watch this. I and I went and washed and I what? Received my sight or I received sight. The question still came up. Why didn't the people want to acknowledge him? Anytime someone gets saved, and I know I know some folks that have gotten saved and they and, and stuff have just dropped off them. Okay? And people will question you. And they're, and they're questioning this man, and they're questioning him, how were your eyes open? You ever you ever known someone that, that gets saved and instantly stop drinking? Stop using drugs. Stop acting a fool. Stop, you know, just walk away from the gangs. I've known people to walk away from the gangs. Walk away from using meth and stealing and, and just acting a fool. And people, and, and, and you really can't explain it. I think there was a song out, you can't explain it. But you can't explain your salvation to everyone. Amen. Okay? Some, some salvation experiences are really bizarre. Okay? Supernatural. Some are some are just as smooth. We go we go to Acts 16. Look at the four people in Acts. All of them had totally different salvation experiences. One of, one of yours may be in here. Here's Lydia. First of all, Lydia got saved. Lydia Lydia was polished. Okay, she was a business person. She got saved, but in 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 her salvation experience, what did she do? She asked Paul. She said, Paul. Come to my house, okay, and teach us, okay? Remember the little girl? She got delivered too. And she was a soothsayer. You know, she, she was you know, talking to Pisces and the Virgos and the Geminis and, you know, the Leos. And she was doing all that. She got saved. She wanted to be delivered too. And she got saved. Hers was bizarre because she was, a demon was cast out of her. And then we get to the jailer. And this is how this, God has to do it this way, too. God had to rock his whole world. God had to shake up his whole world. OK, this man was on the verge of, of suicide and God saved him. How about that? Let's not forget Paul. Paul was blinded, humble, basically humiliated. So all, all these different ways God saves people and we don't always understand. This man, this man here, he says, listen, all I know is that a man called Jesus made clay, anointed my eyes, and said unto me, go to the pool of Shalom and wash, and I went. Okay? What do we see there? You know, you know, you ever talk, you ever, you ever, do you ever talk to somebody and, and really try to talk to them about Jesus, talk to them about being a Christian? You know, one of the first things that we have to enter, have to add to our hmm, evangelism 
Obedience. You know, the first step is the hardest step. Because this man didn't have to go. He could have said, you know what, I'm not going to make a fool of myself going to the pool of Siloam. He might have been there many times. But Jesus told him to go, and what did he do? He went. The Bible says he went. He was obedient. Sometimes we don't get what we want. Sometimes we, we'll go to God and God will tell us to do something that we don't want to do. We, we want God's blessings. We want God to bless us. We want God to bless our homes and our families. And God asks us to do something. We are not obedient. This man was obedient. And when you are obedient, when you are obedient, think about this. You will face opposition. Okay. Amen. You will face opposition. I, I sit there and I, I look over, I see Jake, and I, I, I just know when we first come to the Lord, you're going to face opposition. It may, you don't know where it's going to come from. A lot of times it comes from the people that are closest to you. Amen. Okay? Why? Why? Because, because your change, when, you, when God calls you, guess what? It puts people that love you, it people that are close to you, it puts them on the clock. It puts them on the clock. Okay? He went, and he knew it was the Sabbath day. And he knew he was, he was, being, he was being not only disobedient to the, to the Pharisees, but he was being obedient to Christ. Look at that verse one more time. Watch, watch what happens when, with obedience, because there's another eye in there I want you to see. And I'm looking at all these eyes in this, in this text. We call them personal pronouns. Eyes, okay? You, me, they. He answered and said, a man called Jesus made clay and anointed my eyes. How about that? He put the clay on my eyes and said unto me, he told this man. I don't know if he told this man loud enough for everyone to hear. He was close enough to put the anointment on his eyes. He might have just whispered in his ear. He might have said, listen, go to the pool of Siloam and wash. Watch. And I went. There's our first eye in verse number 11. And washed. Now here's the second eye. And I received Sight. Okay. I went and I received sight. God, God expects us to be obedient. He expects us to be obedient. Listen, Psalms 107, Psalms 107, one, you guys know these, some of these songs. It says, oh, give thanks unto the Lord for he is good and his mercy is his mercy endure forever. To give thanks to God in a lot of in a lot of ways is being obedient. When you are obedient, there's no greater way than, than being obedient. Are you offering up thanks to God than when you are what? Obedient. Obedient. And then we have to ask ourselves, how obedient are we? God asked us to do something that's going to be challenging. That's going to take us out of our comfort zone. Obviously, this man was taken out of his comfort zone, but he was obedient. We talk about the woman with the issue of blood. She, she, had, she had used all her resources. Now she had to do something crazy. She had to do something unthinkable. She had to do something that may have cost her life. Mm -hmm. She had to walk through this crowd with this open wound. She had to walk through this crowd. God ain't going to always use us in our comfort zone. He says this. In verse number 12, and they still they still grilling him. I mean, let me push it all together and push it to verse number 12. And he says, therefore, they said unto him, how were your eyes open? 
And he answered and said, A man that is called Jesus made clay and anointed my eyes and said unto me, Go to the pool of Siloam and wash. And I went and washed and I received my sight. Now watch verse 12. Now the interrogation is going to start. Now they're getting ready to interrogate him. And they said unto him, Where is he? Where is he? And he said, I know not. You ever, you ever, you, I don't know how much y'all talk to people. You ever talk to people and, and they'll tell you something wonderful happened to them? They'll tell you how something really good happened to them, but they don't want to give God any credit. Okay? You, you almost have to tell them, you know, you need to thank God for that. Okay? Because people, I talk to people all the time and they'll say, you know what? And especially working in hospice, so many people have wonderful lives. God has been good to them. They've had a wonderful marriage. They've had a wonderful life. And their kids. And I say, God, and they, we've been lucky. They'll say, we've been lucky. <laughs> and you have to remind them of God's grace and God's mercy and God's love. Okay? And, and, and here, this man, he, 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 wasn't, he wasn't there yet. He didn't know, who, he didn't know Jesus like he, like he was going to know him. Because they were getting ready to try to put the Lord down. That's what the world do. You show them, you show God, God is doing some wonderful things in my life. Girl, get out of here with that. You just lucky, you know. No, God, you know God is working in our lives. God is working in our lives, okay. And then, then they asked, and they said, where is he? Now the, now the man had gone to the pool, washed his eyes, now he come back and see. Jesus wasn't where, where he came back to. Jesus wasn't there. They said, where is he? He had never seen Jesus before. Think about it. He had never seen Jesus before. Okay, when Jesus put the clay on his eyes, told him to go to the pool of Shalom, he come back. He he wouldn't have known what Jesus looked like because he had never seen him before. He said, I, I, I know not. He said, I know not. Okay, where is he? I have no idea. But he's going to find him. <laughs> he's going to find him. Okay, verse verse. 12 through 15. I'm, I know I'm pushing these eyes, and I and I and I, the way I wrote it down in my notes, I just wrote the verse. But if I don't put the verses before, it, it, it kind of loses it. So y'all just bear with me. Verse number 15. Here the Pharisees come again. They come again. They're gonna they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna put this man to shame. Okay. Then again, the Pharisees also asked him. How he received his sight. Now they, they're going to question him. They're interrogating him. Cross-examining him. All that kind of stuff. And he said unto them. Again. Okay. The, you know, get ready to tell your testimony. Nine or ten times. Okay. He said unto them. He put clay upon my eyes. And I washed. And do see. Y'all see, the, y'all see the blind man getting a little stronger? The more they interrogate him, listen, confrontation, trials will either make you strong or they will break you. You will either get strong, you will either get stronger, or you will break. This man's getting stronger. This man's getting stronger. His faith is getting stronger. His testimony is getting stronger. And he as a he as a as a person is getting stronger. He put the clay upon my eyes and I wash it, I see. And again. The Pharisees already knew that. They were always trying to trick him up. They were trying to trick him up, but they couldn't. They couldn't. Listen. What was in that water? 
You ever ask yourself, what was in that water? That wasn't just no regular water. When he went to the pool of Siloam, it wasn't just no regular water. Jesus was doing something miraculous in this man's life. Look at verse. Look at look at Revelations. I want to look at Revelation seven fourteen. You can write it down. I'm just going to read it straight out of the, out, of the, out of the Word of God. He says in seven fourteen. He said, and he, and and I said unto him, Sir, thou knowest. And he said unto me, These are they which came out of the great tribulation. Watch this. And have washed their robes. What do you mean wash their robes? Okay. And made them white in the blood of the lamb. This man's cleansing. This man's wild eyes being opened. That water represented, represented Jesus Christ and the power of God working in this man's life too. Open blind eyes. Something that had never been done before and this man knew it imagine being blind in that day the impossibility of ever seeing this man would never see again he probably already had talked about this over and over i never go i'm never going to see there's no there was no record of anybody ever being healed of blindness being born blind this man was born blind now here's where it gets interesting verse number 18 i'm gonna push it to verse number 25 has it has anybody here read enough bible this week can anybody say i've read so much bible this week you know i don't think so i know i haven't okay so i'm gonna read some verses just to get to verse 25 which is really the which is really the um it's one of the strongest verses in the bible but again I, i've already talked about it a little bit all our experiences is as as believers four things that we should all understand we're sinners remember a couple of months ago a couple of months ago when i was in john i got the first john three i got stuck on first john three and it said this said this and hold this thought in mind First John three fourteen says, we know that we have passed from death to life. I thought that was fascinating. That was to me, that was an interesting verse. John is saying to, to these people, these these believers that there's a time where you was a sinner. OK, and you pass from death to life. When you when we were saved, we passed from death to life. Okay, and the proof, the proof was because we love the brother. And that's how the verse goes here in John 9, 18. Let me read this because the Jews, it says, but the Jews did not believe concerning him. They didn't believe Jesus. Okay, they didn't believe Jesus. They didn't believe in the man, even though they had seen all the miracles. And Jesus was putting a real heavy one on them right now. Okay, that he had been blind and received his sight. And they called the parents. Of him that had received sight. You know, your parents will throw you under the bus too. Okay? Job says, skin for skin, a man will sell his own soul. Uh, remember the, 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 the crime of acknowledging Jesus Christ as Lord. Will you be kicked out of the synagogue? Okay? That means you won't be able to shop. The synagogue is where they did all. That was where the market was at. So if you couldn't go to the synagogue, you were basically going to starve to death. Okay, that was a strict punishment. I don't, it ain't like you get kicked out of the church. You know, folks don't mind getting kicked out of the church today. Church ain't, the church is not the synagogue. Okay? The synagogue was the marketplace. It was the hub where everything took place. So the parents of him, they called the parents of him that had received the sight, verse 18, and they asked him, saying, is this your son? 
who you say was born blind. You can hear the hiss of the devil. Who you say was born blind. Now remember, they thinking this is a setup. They, I mean, how, now, now, this is how foolish people will go to discredit America. They said this man, and I'm thinking this, this man had to be in his 20s. Okay? He'd be sitting there blind begging all his life, and they're sitting here trying to say, you guys have set this thing up? I mean, remember there, there was a woman not long ago. She had, she had shaved all the hair off her baby. Think about this. Y'all might have heard it. And, and she was sitting up and she had a, some kind of GoFundMe. I don't know if it was GoFundMe. But she said her baby had cancer. And people were sending her money. They sent her like $350,000 for cancer treatments. And, and she, she, she ripped them off, you know. And she ended up going to jail and everything. They called her. But that's what they're saying. This one is a setup. The Pharisees were shrewd. They were saying, you, you guys been faking all along? And they asked him, they asked them, the parents, again, verse 19, one more time. Is this your son who you say was born blind? How then do he now see? Because this miracle, the miracle of healing blind eyes was considered impossible. Impossible. Nobody's eyes, nobody had ever healed blind eyes up until this time. And his parents answered them, said, verse 20, we know that this is our son. How about that? And that he was born blind. They, they, they acknowledging that. They're not going to touch Jesus though. Okay. But by what means he now seeth. I, I believe his son had already talked to his parents. I believe his son had probably talked to his parents and told them what happened. Everybody would have known what happened. Everybody had known that area what happened. Somebody in that area might have said, Jesus just healed your son. They was faking by what means he see now, verse 21, we know not. Or, or who have opened his eyes, we know not. He is of age, ask him, he shall speak for himself. I like the way the word of God clears everything up for us Amen. so we don't have to do a lot of speculating because they was trying to get out of the, they were trying to get out of the way. You ever meet people like that? They get out of your way. You get saved, they get out of your way. They don't want nothing to do with you. I'm not saying these parents are like that. No, there's still people that, you know, you don't, you ain't, you, you ain't the same. We don't, we don't, we ain't comfortable around you now. That's your loss. Verse 22. These words, his parents, these words spake his parents. Why? Because they feared the Jews. For the Jews had agreed already what that if any man did confess that he was Christ, he should be put out of the synagogue. And again, think about the synagogue. It's not just like it's not like the church. Folks don't get a have a problem when the pastor tell you, you gotta leave. They leave and go find another church. When you get kicked out of the synagogue, you weren't going to no synagogues, okay? Okay. You can get kicked out of here. You can get kicked out of here, go to the next church and, and then pastor embrace you. No matter what your crime or your sin might have been. They just take you in. There used to be a time you couldn't go to another church without a letter from the pastor from the church that you left. You had to have a letter. You know, you don't know what I'm getting. Well, I'm telling you, son, you, you don't want him. Okay. See, now anymore, he's so desperate for memory to take anybody. Didn't work like that back in that day. Okay. Therefore, he said his parents, he is of age. Ask him. So we know he was of age. He was, he was a Jew, so he had to be at least 13. I'm thinking he was older than that. 
Verse 24, I'm going to get to my, I'm getting to verse 25. I'll take my time. And then again, he called, and, 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 and again, they called the man. They called him again. The man that was blind and said unto him, Give God the praise. We know that this man is a sinner. They talking about Jesus. They talking about Jesus a sinner because the Jews didn't acknowledge that he was God. We acknowledge that he was God. We, we, believe, we believe that Jesus was God. Okay. We believe that the word of God says in the beginning was a word. The word was God. And the word was with God. And the word became flesh. And excuse me, and the word dwelled with God. And the word became flesh and walked his earth. We believe that Jesus Christ was God. The Pharisees, the, Pharisees, the Jewish leaders of that day did not. They called him a sinner. They called Jesus a sinner. Okay. Hmm. Verse 25. And he answered and said, this is us talking. This is every one of us talking. Okay. Whether he be a sinner or no, I know not. One thing I know, mm-hmm. one thing I know, he says, yeah. that whereas I was blind, no, now I see. Yeah. See, see, before anybody could get saved, we have to acknowledge that there, that we were sinners. Okay? We, we were blind. Okay? Now, what's he saying? How did they get saved? How does anybody get saved? You're not going to get saved. I can't save you. The church can't save you. Catholic priest can't save you. Buddha can't save you. Muhammad can't save you. There's only one way a person gets saved, and it's not on a horizontal. Okay? It has to be a heavenly power. Acts 4, 12 says, there's what? Y'all know this stuff. There's none other name. Given unto man whereby he must be saved. Okay? The only way anybody's going to be saved is it's got to come from a power that's not of this earth. Look at verse 32. Verse 32 explains that real quick. 932. Look at verse 932. Let me see if I can see it here. If this man... Verse 32, talking about Jesus. This is a blind man. Now, you see the blind man's faith. You see the blind man growing, you know, add to your faith and add to your faith. He's adding. He's getting stronger. And he's saying to these Pharisees now, he's getting tough. He said, if this man were not of God, they called him a sinner. He could do nothing. He could do nothing. This man said that. The blind man said that if this man was not of God, he could do nothing. He could do nothing. He says, wherewith I was blind and now I see. He's, he ain't worried about it. You can't worry about what people think. Once you get saved, you're going to run into some stuff. But guess what? You've experienced salvation. You've experienced it, and now you're going to walk in it. You can see. One of the song we used to sing, I can see clearly now. Okay? We talked about that a little bit this morning in Sunday school. Listen, everybody ain't going to get saved. 
And, you know, we, we want to hope that. We want to hope everybody that we know, everybody that we love getting saved. But you may be the only one out of that bunch. Okay. He said, I can see. Verse 25, he says, I can see. He answered whether he be a sinner or not. I, I know not. Look at the eyes in here. He said, I know. He said, one thing I know. One thing I know. That whereas I was blind. Okay. Past tense. He says, now I see. Now I see. I was a sinner. Now I'm not. Does it mean I don't sin? No, it don't mean I don't sin. It means that I was a sinner. And then when I do sin, the Bible said, if we what? Confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us. This man wasn't perfect. When he, when, he, when he used his eyesight, he got his eyesight back. And we're not perfect when we get our spiritual eyesight back. But we are blind. We know when we sin. We know when we fall short. And we know what to do. Titus, right into Titus, Tim Paul, right into the people at, in, in Titus. And he's telling them, he's telling Titus, preach this, preach this, preach this. Okay. And it's a picture of a blind man. And blind man represents our life before Christ. But then our eyes are open now. That represents our life with Christ. But Paul, Paul writes to Titus and he says, preach this. Titus 3, 3. We've gone over. It should be highlighted in your Bibles. Look what he says. He said, for we ourselves were sometimes foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving divers, lust and pleasure, living in malice and, and, and envy and hateful and hating one another. But, but, but. After that kindness of the love of God, our Savior, to a man appeared. Not by works of righteousness, which we have done. We weren't sitting here, we weren't sending our behinds off and, and at the same time saying, God, save me from this. No, we were sending our behinds off and God in his grace and his mercy and his love shone on us. That's a beautiful thing. Not by the works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us. Amen. He saved us. How did he do it? Here's our word again. By the washing of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Ghost, which he shed abundantly toward us, through us, by Jesus Christ our Savior. Watch. Watch. Verse 7, Titus 3. They're being justified. Mm-hmm. By his grace, we should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. How about that? Being justified by his grace, by his favor. Be, not being justified because we was good. Ain't, none of, ain't nobody in here saved because we was good. Amen. Okay? Ain't nobody in here saved because we wanted to be saved. Okay? We heard the word of God. That's why it's got to be preached. We heard the word of God preached. We heard it preached with authority and power. And, 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 it, and it triggered our spirit. God used whoever he used. We was talking about this a couple Sundays ago. You know, all of us, all, all, Jake and Dave and myself, we all, we all got saved under, under preachers that right now, the, what we know, we like, how is that possible? How is that possible? Okay? But we got saved because at something they said spiritually or biblically got our got our attention. God used it to get our attention. How about that? Just some crazy stuff. 
He says this in verse 27. Again, he's talking about the importance of it. He's going he's to emphasize it. Now, I want, this is where I want you guys to be. I was at the gym. I was at the gym yesterday. And I went at an odd time. Usually I go real early, but I went at an odd time. And I wear my cross, my big cross, you know. And, and a guy, a guy came up to me and he, and, and he said, what's that cross for? You know, he's just he's just talking to me like I would talk to him. And I picked up on it real quick. He's like, what's that cross for? He was a man of God. And he was trying to see where I was at. I said, yes, sir, this, the cross represents the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord and Savior. I said, there's nobody on this cross. Thought about Jake. I said, there's nobody on this cross. There's no, there's no man on this cross, okay? And then we hit it off. We just, you know, he, we just talked for about 15 minutes. I was just about done working out. And we just talked about 15 minutes, okay? And, and, and it's fascinating. And, but why do I say that? Why do I say that? Watch this. We got to get like that. We got to get bold. Look at this world we live in. Look at what's going on in the world. How many of you here are confident that in five years we still America still be viable? That's some scary stuff. But it ought to scare us to, to be desperate in our evangelism and, and des- desperate in our testifying of God's goodness. And watch this blind man. They, they keep on messing with him. But watch in verse 27. Now he's starting to get, he's starting to, he's starting to get strong. And he answered them, and they asked him again, how did you get saved? How did he open your eyes? And he said, he answered him, I told you already. I like this dude. He said, I told you already, and you did not hear. That's what he said. That's what he said. He said, you did not hear. He said, you did not hear because you didn't want to hear. He said, you are in unbelief. You don't want to hear. You don't want to see the miracles of God. You don't want to see it. He said, wherefore would I, would you hear it again? Why should I tell you again? Think about that. Why should I tell you again? Okay. Now he getting jazzy. He getting strong. He getting, he getting, he getting like, he getting a little bit radical. Then he says something that's bizarre to the, to the Pharisees. Now remember, Pharisees got saved. There's a lot of Pharisees that got saved. We talked about, we talked about publicans and Pharisees. They were, they were getting saved. Okay. Jairus, Jairus was a ruler of the synagogue, meaning he was a Pharisee. I don't think Jairus was a Pharisee after he, after his daughter was raised from the dead. I think Jesus transformed his life. Watch this. He says, wherefore, would you hear it again? Will you be his disciples? That's crazy. Uh-huh. That's crazy. That's tough. And he's asking these, these Pharisees, will you be his disciples? How about that? I guess that's the question we would ask anybody who would question our faith. Because they, they question it for a reason. How many times have you asked that person that, would you be his disciple? What's a disciple? I sit here and we come out here on Wednesday nights, we come out here on Sunday mornings, and, and we're all disciples. I'm a disciple. Everybody in this room is a disciple. That's why we're here, okay? Because we want to learn. We want to learn about Jesus. We want to learn about what it really means to be saved. We want to know what it means to be saved. Let's keep going. I'm going to close. Let me keep going. I'm going to close. Verse 27, he answered that, told you already, and you did not hear. He told him already. How many times did he tell him? This is maybe the third time that he's told him what happened. And he said, wherefore, would you hear it again? Why would I waste my time if, if you don't want to hear? He said, will you be 
his disciples, verse 28, and they reviled him. They reviled him and said, thou art his disciples, but we are Moses' disciples. For we know that God spake unto Moses as for this fellow. We know not where he come from. We don't know nothing about him. They knew everything about him. They knew everything about Jesus. They knew everything about him. They knew what the Old Testament said about Jesus. They knew all the prophecy. They knew it all. They was in denial. They was in denial. And I guarantee you, most of the people you meet this week are in denial. Amen. They are in denial. Amen. And if you're going to save them, you may have to get up into their business and let them know without a shadow of a doubt that they need a savior. Okay. Let me let me let me let me finish here in verses 34 and 35 because this is interesting. Okay. Because because this, you, you know you ain't you ain't, you ain't being popular. You know, just forget it. Just forget being a popular Christian. Just forget that for a minute. Okay. Verse 34, and they answered and said unto him, Thou was altogether born in sin. Now they're gonna condemn him. They're gonna, they're gonna crash him now. They wanna they wanna destroy him. And does now thou teach us? And they cast him out. Hmm. Hmm. They cast him out. They put him out. They want to hear him no more. They didn't want to hear no more about this Jesus. They didn't want to hear no more about his eyes being open. They didn't want to hear nothing else about him. And Jesus heard that they had cast him out, verse 35. And, and when he found him, okay? Okay? Amen. Who found who? Jesus found him. You ever hear people say, I found Jesus? I'm like, that's interesting. When was Jesus lost? <laughs> okay. They found Jesus found him and said unto him, Jesus is talking to him. Jesus is talking to him. And he said unto him, okay, do thou believe on the Son of God? Come on, Tana. And he answered and said, Who is he, Lord, that I might believe on him? Think about that. I heard a guy talking. How much knowledge do you have to have to be saved? Think about that. All of us, all of us in here, all of us in here probably had different levels of knowledge of the word of God. Okay, all of us are in different knowledge. But how much knowledge do you need to have to be saved? This man, this as far as I'm concerned, this may have been a week. Maybe at the most a week or maybe the same day Jesus found this man. And, and this, man has, this man was desired to be a believer. Okay? Okay? People say, ah, I, I, I be careful with that. You got to be careful with that. And y'all know how I teach the thief on the cross. I don't teach that as a last-minute confession. I believe that there was things that happened. Things that happened on that cross. And there was a six-hour time frame that things that happened. And this may have been the same thing. How often, how much do you know about Jesus? How much do you have to know about Jesus to be saved? How much? This man didn't know a whole lot about Jesus, but he, he, had, a, he, had, a, he had an experience with Jesus. He knew that he was blind, and now he could see. He knew, he, was, he knew that he was a sinner, and he wanted, he wanted, based on his conversation with Jesus, he wanted to be a believer. He wanted to follow Jesus. That's all we could ask for. Amen. Okay. 
That's all we could ask for. When we, when we walk this earth and we walk this Christian life, we ought to be growing. We ought to be wanting to be stronger and better and more committed. I think that's, I think that's missing. And when we look at all the people, I said it earlier in the sermon, all the people that came to Jesus, all the people that Jesus touched through this series that we're talking about, when, we, when Jesus had his way with them, they all wanted to be with Jesus. They all wanted to be with Jesus. Amen. They all wanted to serve. They all wanted to serve Jesus Christ. To me, a life without service, okay, a life without service, you have no desire, you don't have no desire for the things of God, something's wrong, something's wrong. Something's wrong. Precious Lord, give us the faith that you gave this blind man. Give us the faith to realize that you saved us, Father God. You delivered us, Father God, from darkness into your marvelous light. We was blind to the things of God. We were spiritually dead, and you opened our spiritual eyes, Father God, and gave us Life, Father God, and, and, and the proof that you gave us life, Father God, is that we desire to grow and to learn and to worship and to praise you and to adore you. Father God, be with us as we leave this place, Father God, and let us think on these things, Father God. Let us think on these things. Let us think like the blind man, Father God. He wanted to, he wanted to serve you. Yes, he had a testimony. He had a he had a testimony, Father God, and every one of us, our testimony may not be that we were born blind, but our testimony has to be that we were born again. And that Amen. we were lost and we were born again. Father, thank you in Jesus' precious name. Jesus name. Amen.